listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And who do we have in the studio today? Jade Blade, Dish Rags. And? Jason Flower, Supreme Echo Records. And please explain, who is Jade Blade? Who is Jason Flower? We'll start with you, Jade Blade. Who is Jason Flower? Jason Flower runs Supreme Echo. He's from Victoria, and he's a fan of uh, all sorts of music, including, I think, the Dish Rags. And Jason, who is Jade Blade? Jade Blade is the one of the singers and guitarists of possibly North America's first all-women punk rock group, a group that started on the outskirts of Victoria and were a seminal group in the very first wave of punk in Vancouver. And you're live here today on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. Woo! Thanks for having us. And Jade, speaking of live, what did we just hear off the top? Uh, that was a song that was written by my cousin, Chris Arnett, of the Furies. And uh, Chris Arnett, well, that was Vancouver's first punk band. And then we got to open for them in July 77. And that was a song that they played. They broke up, which meant that we could steal some of their songs. So that was a cover of a Fury song. And that particular song is on a brand new LP, Jason. That's correct. That is being released in two weeks. In one week. Could you explain about that? Yes, this is an LP that's uh, compiling all of the trio material. So the trio existed from the end of 76 up until near the end of 79. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and so it's only the trio material. It includes all of their studio output, f- uh, output from that era, as well as uh, compiles 14 uh, yet-to-be-released, yet-to-be-heard live soundboard recordings. And you're going to have a release party. Yes, we're going to, on the 24th, which is a week Saturday, we're going to do uh, four meet and greets uh, at four different record stores during the day. We're going to start at Neptune uh, on Main, then we're going to go down to Dandelion, then we're going to scoot over to Zulu, and we're going to finish up at Music Madhouse in Burnaby, and then in the evening, the real...
real party gets down in the back room of the Railway Club. That's May 24th, Saturday, starting at 8 p.m. And at all of these events, you'll have all of the dish rags. You'll have the records there. You can meet them. You can hear some tunes and just have a good time. Jason, when did you first meet Jade Blade of the Dish Rags? Ooh, I think it would have been a bit... Oh, it would have been longer than 10 years ago. It was when I was working on a book called All Years Can Hear, which documents the original era of punk, new wave, and alternative rock in Victoria. And you reached out to Jay Blade. Yeah, and I said, you know, different people are interested in, in LPs than they are CDs, and your, your CD compilation discography has been out of print for a long time. And Jade, when did you first hear about the dish rags yourself? And when did you first hear about the dish rags, Jason? Um, I guess I first heard about the dish rags in 1977. And I first heard about it from our manager at the time because we didn't have a name and we couldn't decide on one. And so she just said, you were the dish rags. And that was, that was it. So that was probably around May 77. Were you thinking of any other names? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to tell you any of them. Yeah, they still won't tell me what their first <laughs> name was. And Jason, when did you first hear about the dish rags? You compiled the book, but when did you first hear about the dish That's rags? That's a very good question. It would have been about the, f- the first time I heard about you. If you remember, you did an in-store with the Goblins at Funhouse Records. This would have been the late 80s. It was a, a very important record store at the lower half of Yates Street in Victoria. And um, one of the owners there was making me cassette compilations of uh, early Vancouver and Victoria groups. And um, he'd already made me one of the infamous scientists, but the real treat was when he gave me a tape with both of the 40 or 7 inches of the dish rags. So I think late 80s. I'm younger. Were there any groups in Victoria when you were starting out, Jade? Because Jason just mentioned infamous scientists. Were there any groups? Did you get? Oh, did you become aware of any groups? Or were you broken up by the time the groups exploded in Victoria? I think we were broken up before the Victoria scene really took off. Because when we, uh, when we first formed, we tried playing a couple of times in Victoria, and it was a disaster. And there, there, were, there, you know, there were a lot of bands in Victoria, but there weren't any punk bands in, in the late 70s. The song we played off the top, What Do You Want Me To Be, that is by the Furies originally. Yes, that's right. How did you learn that song? Oh, my cousin showed me how to play it. So the version we heard was you just learning it from your cousin, not learning it from tape or anything like that? Had it, been, it had been recorded but never released, right? The Furies were the first punk band in Vancouver. They had recordings but they'd never been released. So yeah. I was just curious, did you learn it? Had they recorded at that time? Um, I don't know, but I, I, you know, I don't, I know I, I didn't learn it from the recording. I learned it from Chris, um, because I also, I, I was really bad at figuring out songs from recording. So it was much better if someone could show me how to play it. And you guys practiced in West Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, cause that's where the Furies were practicing. Did you learn any songs there? When we, when we met the Furies, they were actually practicing in Kitsilano. And so, um, and yeah, no, I don't think we ever actually practiced over here. We practiced in Scout's basement. On the Sandwich Peninsula, not even Victoria. No, no, we're rural girls. <laughs> Beach bums. So the tape we heard off the top, What Do You Want Me To Be, by the Dishrags, a cover of the Furies. Where did that come from? Where did it come from? Yeah, have we heard that before? 
How um, many releases have there been previously? Like people listening going, wow, I'm a Dish Rags oh, fan, Vancouver. Right. Have they heard that before? That, Is that a radio <laughs> debut? It's on the record, but have they heard that before? And where did that come? Because there's been some reissues in material. What happened? That, and what is out of your material, in case people are wondering? That, that is absolutely a radio debut. And, and uh, yeah, so, but, um, you know, now I can't remember what gig that was from. Jason might remember. I think it's The Windmill. Let's see. It is live at The Windmill, uh, October 23rd, 1978. Do you want me to explain the tape story, how that was discovered? Sure. So um, a good friend of theirs, Nancy Smith, uh, she was one of the first, perhaps the first person to be recording at these early punk shows that were happening in Vancouver, and she had this huge archive. And uh, years later, she took all of her tapes of the dish rags, amongst tapes of many other groups, and started to divulge them to uh, the musicians. And the dish rags ended up with over 10 cassettes of uh, archival recordings, which they had not had in their grasp when the love-hate discography was released. So we had this unheard material that was discovered. So what is out there right now, Jade, of your releases, and how much are they if people want to purchase them? Going right back to the beginning, what is out there? Oh boy, you're really testing me here. What what is out there and available? Well, we have, uh, we had two seven-inch vinyl singles, right? So 1979, I think. And if I were to and go on collectorsfrenzy.com, how much would I be paying for that, Jason? Minimum 60 bucks. Could be double that. And the two seven inches, are they priced the same? I, are they both $60, roughly? Ish, something like that. I, 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 I honestly don't know. I haven't looked. But there, and then there's the Vancouver Complication. So you've oh. had no record collectors phoning your house looking to see if you have extra uh, copies? Well, actually, I did have a record collector who um, I, I sold a few Death in the Family singles to. To help put for, the kids through college. For dollars each, <laughs> but I, you know, just just a few. So, there aren't that many around. So two official releases, two seven inches, and some compilation appearances, right? Uh, or yeah. one. Uh, one compil. Well, there were two songs recorded for Vancouver Complication, and and that's that was it. Yeah. So that was the initial dish rags. And then what happened, Jason? So then there was a discography that was put out by other people's music. Uh, They were the first label to really do archival overviews of the first wave of Canadian punk. So they did a very thorough, really professional discography, very impressive of the dish rags and uh, and a lot of uh, Eastern Canadian groups. So that compiled all of the studio material, including a, a quartet demo from 1980 um and live material however that's different than this this stuff just wasn't known when that cd was done then after that there's some other repackaged cd versions there was one done through the gem art gallery here and one done in japan but all they were 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 abridged versions of the love hate cd and that's what we're here today celebrating the release of three by the Dish rags. And you're having some release parties again. Maybe you can tell the people about the release parties coming because this is pretty exciting. And what's going to happen at the release parties or the meet and greets? The full band will be there, Jade, right? The full band will be there. Which yes. is great for the record collectors because they want to have everybody sign it, right? Yeah. yeah. Can, we will give autographs, no problem. <laughs> but we're not going to play, though. We're not going to play at the party. It's just a party. So. But this information on this, where can people find out information on this if they want to know about um, the release? This is like a, a Neptune, Dandelion, Zulu. Yeah, all of the them should 
should have it up on their own websites, blog sites, and Facebooks. And you can also go to Supreme Echo. Just type it into Facebook or Google Supreme Echo, and there's a public uh, page through Facebook. You don't even have to be on Facebook to see it. And it will have the listing for the event. It's also on Live Vancouver and all over the net. And we're going to play a couple more tracks here from the brand new three release by the Dish Rags. We're playing these tapes. You've done a lot of archiving before in your record label. Mm-hmm. Do you have to do any baking? I know they're cassette tapes, but what is baking and what is the problem with playing cassette tapes and were there any troubles? Well, baking is more for reel-to-reels. There was an era in analog tapes where the tape ribbon and the magnetic particles that were bound onto it were oxidizing because of um, the kind of glue that was used in the compound, the magnetic glue compound. So what happened to hap- uh, was happening is over the years, um, you had the magnetic particles flaking off of the tape ri- ribbon. So the way to get it to rebind is by baking them at a low heat in a food dehydrator, for example. However, with cassette tapes, it's not the same kind of problem. Were you worried, though, that Nancy well, sure. maybe had played some of the tapes and wrecked them? Because oftentimes well, sure. when you find a tape, so you pop it in and then it breaks right then and there. And cassettes do have that problem, oh, you too. you can repair them. They right? do have the problem, too, because sometimes they play wonkily. Sure. Have well, you had to re-spool them at all? Did you have to re-spool any cassettes? Times I didn't, but I've certainly done that in the past where I've had to crack the thing open. I've had to put it into a whole new mechanism. Uh, actually, the masters of these... It's a good thing Nancy made these backups because her basement flooded and she lost all of her masters. But luckily enough, they were survived enough to come right now to the Nardwarder Human Survey Radio Show and come right on to the vinyl. Um, and actually, speaking of gross words and stuff and naughty words, we're going to hear some stuff of you playing live, aren't we, here? Yes, you Jade. are going to hear us live. Are there naughty words in there? Well, I noticed on one live tape that was actually video, and you can actually see it on the internet, there were some naughty words that audience members were yelling at you guys. Oh, yes, Stuff yes. about your mouth. Did you get a lot about that? Could you say anything about the words that were thrown at you? You were throwing words at the audience, but they weren't just throwing spit. They were throwing some naughty words, weren't they? Yeah, no, the audiences could be quite nasty. Um, uh, and, you know, I mean, part of the problem was being three teenage girls on stage that people weren't used to but um it was i i should say though that it was usually in places where it wasn't a punk audience that we got nasty things hurled at us because uh, the punk audiences were, were were nice you know they were all they were all nice people but it was when we tried playing in places like i think that's gary taylor's rock room that you're talking about right where audiences were um not so nice. So we're going to hear just another girl, Rebel Kind and High Society Snob. I love that. Na, 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 na. Background vocals. That's incredible, that tune. What can you say about the song High Society Snob? I love that. Na, 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 na. The background <laughs> vocals. It's awesome. <laughs> that was the first song that we ever wrote. We wrote that in Dale's basement when we were in Victoria. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it just kind of came out that way. We, we like to do things quickly. <laughs> How come it was never recorded officially? Like it's a live tape here. How come it was never recorded? Because it was your first song, you didn't think it was any good? Um, well, I mean, we did hardly any recordings. We, you know, we, we recorded, what, um, three, four four songs five i don't know i just thought it was amazing yeah no because you know it was so expensive to record back then like it's not like now where you can you know use your ipad or whatever so it uh yeah no it was it was a major uh, major financial undertaking so we didn't bother to record anything that we thought well i don't know yeah it was our first song we didn't like it too much (laughs) (laughs) so high society snob it says ramones here this was you opening for ramones is is this from this is i don't want to walk around with you it goes into that 
Yeah. Oh, and do you remember where these are recorded, these particular gigs at all? Do you remember any of these gigs that we're going to be playing from? Like playing Just Another Girl, Rebel Kind, and High Society Snob. Can you set us up? Like, where are we going back to right now? Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, it's, it's uh, this one. <laughs> so those, okay, well, the, yeah, I definitely remember those then, if this is uh, live at the Commodore, because that was when we played with The Clash. So that was a really exciting gig for us. Um, I think uh, it's, a, it's either the, that one or the Moonbill, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> if it was the Windmill, then I probably don't remember because we played there a lot. So, you know, I mean, yeah. So here we go. Just Another Girl, Rebel Kind, and High Society Snob. Da, 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 da. Live on the Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show from the Dishrags, brand new LP3 on CITR, the Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show. <laughs> Boys, they don't like our cars. They 
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, live with Jason and Jade from the Dish Rag. And Jason, what are you from? Supreme Echo Records. And Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And Jade from the Dish Rags. We just hold a ho- heard a whole bunch of stuff from your brand new LP, your first 12-inch LP. What did we hear there? Well, well, that was, uh, let me see, the first song we heard was, uh, was an original song, and that one was played at the Commodore. The, uh, and then we have three covers after that. So Rebel Kind, that's Dino, Desi, and Billy. Um, oh, wait a sec. No, sorry. High Society's Knob. That was an original song. Our first original. And then I Don't Want to Walk Around With You, which, of course, everyone knows by the Ramones. The Dish Rags, 1976? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> we weren't the Dish Rags in 1976. We were uh, known by other names. But uh, we played, I think, our... Our first sort of official gig where we actually got a little bit of money from a hat being passed around was uh, 19, the, the, 1970, December 31st, 1976, into January 1st, 1977, at my parents' house at a New Year's Eve party. And all this was a result of the Ramones? You had bought a Ramones LP? Is that what turned you on to punk rock? And where did you buy the Ramones LP? I drove down to Seattle in, I guess it was summer of 76, it must have been, uh, the the first Ramones album. I had read something about it, I think, in Circus Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Thought, I have to have this. And so I picked it up, and and it was a real eye-opener. Because, you know, well, I I was a big music fan in the 70s, but I really liked stuff that I couldn't play. Um, I was a big fan of, you know, Rock's music and David Bowie and things like that. Um, But hearing the Ramones, it was just like, all right, this this, this resonates somehow, and and then we just started learning those songs. And also, they were songs I could actually figure out how to play. 
So you read about the Ramones and Circus and then drove all the way to Seattle to get the LP because the LP wasn't available in Vancouver or Victoria? Yeah, well, we were in Victoria at that time and I, I drove down with my parents. So it was, a, you know, we didn't drive down specifically to buy the Ramones LP, but you couldn't get it in Victoria that time for sure. And you didn't try Vancouver? Were you just going to Seattle for the weekend and you figured that it would be there? I'm pretty sure it wasn't in Vancouver at that time. It was, it was almost kind of hard to, to find in Seattle, as I recall. Do you remember where you've got it in Seattle at all? Hmm, it's probably in the university district. I, you know, I can't remember. But Maybe I, I Cellophane think, Square, one of those stores? Well, it could have been, been. Licorice Pizza. And then so you brought the Ramones record back to Victoria, and then that's what started the dish rags? Yeah. Or whatever you were called at that time, yes, with name yeah. you won't divulge? <laughs> that's right. And you are the first all-girl punk band in North America? Well, we don't know. We don't know if we were. We were the first all-girl punk band in Western Canada, and maybe in all of Canada, but I don't know. And Victoria. And Victoria, absolutely. Because <laughs> I was reading Perfect Youth by Sam Sutherland, uh-huh. who you're interviewed in right, that book, yeah. and he says on page 180, North America's very first female all-punk band was The Curse. Oh, well, you know, that's in print, so maybe that's true. From Toronto. What about The Curse? Do you know about The Curse at all, Jason? Yes, yes. Uh, they were also 1977 or the very end of 76. However, in the beginning, they were just doing noise and poetry. They didn't even have music. So Well, this, neither this, did we. <laughs> well, they didn't at all, though. I mean, they didn't oh, have okay. a rhythm section, so I, I can't really be certain if that's true it may be a little toronto centric if anything they would probably be on on par with each other 1976 is pretty early what songs were you doing in 1976 did we just hear some 1976 and are there some recordings from 1976 we might be able to hear there is absolutely nothing recorded in 1976 but we did we did some ramon songs early on um Gosh, I'm trying to remember. You know, we we did well. We did all sorts of weird songs too, though. We did Winchester Cathedral and uh, going to the chapel. <laughs> it was a it was a real uh, um, uh, mixed bag of things. But uh, we didn't record anything until I think '77. We recorded in Victoria a four track recording, and we cannot remember who we recorded. It was you know some guy who happened to have a four track, and we don't know what's happened to that. Which You're- breaks my heart. I just have to say. And what year was that? '77. Do you know so when? Um, no, it was, yeah, no, did, no, I don't remember. And I guess this brings up the next question is, did you know of any punk going on in Vancouver? You knew of one punk in Vancouver. We knew of one punk band in Vancouver, which was the Furies. And, and, you know, we knew about that because my cousin was in the band. So, um, yeah. And, and so that, you know, we got that gig because we came over and we saw the Furies practicing and, uh, and they asked us to open for them. Were there, was there anybody else they could have asked to open? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think there was anyone else around at that time. This is probably pre-Skulls. Maybe the Schmorgs. Maybe the Schmorgs were around. But Schmorgs weren't really a punk. No, band, no, that's, yeah. that's true. You know, the Dishrags, they predate the subhumans. They predate DOA. And you were the first punks up on stage. That's right, yes. As Grant from Zulu Records likes to always say. I love that. Can you explain for the people listening? Again, you're listening to Jade Blade from The Dish Rags and Jason from... Supreme Echo Records. Who has just released a Dish Rags recording three, the first LP by The Dish Rags, archival recordings. Could you please explain? You were the first punks on stage in Vancouver. Uh, yeah, we were the first punks on stage because the very first 
punk rock show in British Columbia was July 30th, 1977, and uh, there were two bands playing, and it was the Dishrags, and the, we were called Dee Dee and the Dishrags then, because our manager invented the name for us, and it, w- it was after Dee Dee Ramone, because he was, well, the Ramones were a major source of inspiration, but so it was two bands, Dee Dee and the Dishrags, and uh, the Furies, and so I guess we were the first band to play, because we were opening for the Furies, and um, just thinking of opening, we, we tended to do that pretty much our entire careers. <laughs> So that was not unusual for us to be first on stage at a gig. Vancouver's longest-running punk band. Uh, well, well, I guess the Furies are back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, yeah, they, they actually did a show not that They're long They're great, ago, so by the way. They are a fantastic they, band, they absolutely. They're very good. Yeah. What were the Furies like back then, and who exactly were the Furies, again, for the people that don't know? The Furies uh, were uh, Chris Arnett... Um, Jim Walker, who later went on to play with Public Image, and uh, Malcolm Hasman, who <laughs> later went on to sell a lot of houses in West Vancouver and made a lot of money. And um, uh, yeah, so that, that was the original lineup. And then they only lasted for a few months, though. I think they were broken up by like September of 77, something like that. I, I don't quote me on that because, you know, I, in, I don't know the history that well. I'd just like to interject a footnote. So they, they did record a studio version of What Do You Want Me To Be, which was the song we opened up today with the Dishrags version of. But in that session, they actually did record another song, which nobody has ever heard. There's a two-song studio, two studio session from 76 or 7. What did the dish rags look like when you played that gig, the first punk gig in Vancouver? What did you look like? Well, if you buy the LP, you can see what we looked like. <laughs> There's, a- There's a nice booklet in there with pictures from that gig? Yes, I insisted, much to their re- reluctance and resistance. But I managed to get in some photos from the very first gig, where they're looking very teenage, but still, in my opinion, very cool. <laughs> very, very uncool, according to us. But I, I'm, I'm wearing a T-shirt that I had... Taken a felt pen and written P-U-N-K across the front of it because I thought that was cool at the time. But, you know, heck, I was 15. What were you playing up on stage? What was the instrumentation like? Uh, well, it was it was our lineup. of uh, I was playing guitar, Dale Powers on bass, and Scout on drums. And What type of equipment for the gearheads? Oh, oh, for the gearheads. Gearheads won't be terribly interested, I don't think. Any vantages out there? Um, <laughs> I had a, a, a Marlin SG copy with a whammy bar that I couldn't figure out how to use. And it went out of tune all the time. It was really, I think I paid, I don't know, like $29 for it or something. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, I can't remember. I think Dale borrowed Malcolm's bass, maybe. And then, of course, we always borrowed drums because... Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes drummers wouldn't let Scout use their drums because they thought she was going to wreck them <laughs> or something. So sometimes we had our own drum kit on stage, but we shared with the uh, the Furies for the, for that gig. And and by the way, when you asked who the Furies were, I forgot to say, you know, I said what Jim Walker and, and Malcolm Hasman went on to do, but I should have mentioned that Chris Arnett is, is the, the genius behind the Furies. He's an awesome uh, songwriter and uh, performer. And he's out here at UBC right now working on his PhD. And he has a new LP out too. A little solo LP and he just released. And he has released. a new LP out, uh, Anvil Island. And a yeah. number of books as well. 
And he has written books, too. And you have a new LP out called Three. We're speaking to Jade Blade from The Dish Rags and Jason Flower from Supreme Echo Records, who have released this amazing 12-inch record of archival dish rag recordings and a nice booklet that comes in there with all this information here. And looking at the booklet, there's from the first gig right there, you guys playing in 1977 at a Japanese hall. And it says underneath here, you came over to see The Runaways... And then they canceled. So because the Runaways canceled, you ended up meeting the Furies, and that's how it all started. Well, yeah, we were, I, yeah, I, 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 we were supposed to go to. See, I think it was the Runaways and Alice Cooper, and Alice Cooper had fallen off the stage the night before or something. So the gig was canceled, and so we ended up, yeah, just hanging out with the the Furies. And so that was a rather a nice a nice accident <laughs> for us. There's lots of great information in the booklet that comes with this release, Three by the Dish Rags. But something I don't see in the booklet, I don't think, is a little ad here from Snot Rag fanzine from January 14th, 1978. January 14th, 1978. DD and the Dish Rags need drummer, female, under 20, 1978. What was going on there? Uh-oh. Holy smokes. <laughs> Nardware, you, you always manage to dig up things that that's, I can't even remember. That's January some dirt. 1978? We were looking for a drummer? Uh-oh. Oh, okay. No, I remember now. Because Scout decided she wanted to play guitar. That was it. It wasn't, I was thinking, oh my God, did we kick Scout a little bit? I don't remember that. But yeah, no, because um, Scout wanted to play guitar and we, you know, we thought we would benefit from being a four-piece, but we tried out a few drummers, and it just it just didn't work. Were they women or men? It says, Snot Rag, January 14th, 1978. DD and the Dish Rags need drummer. Female, oh. under 20. Okay. Female. Yeah, I don't think we had any female drummers audition. We had some guys audition. And, you know, the same thing happened because we auditioned for a second guitar player when the drummer didn't work out. And we only had guys come and audition. And it, w- it was really funny because we got all these, these, these guys, like real sort of, you know, hot dog guitar players. And, <laughs> and, and we'd start playing a song and it would be over by the time they could figure out what key it was in. Because they were used to songs that were more than like 55 seconds long. The actual LP, what are the cover picks that is on the actual LP? And what are some of the picks that have been taken of you guys? Some of them are so classic, like you guys looking at that Ramones LP. What is that from? There's a great picture of you guys looking at a Ramones LP. There's a picture in you and like some Colgate together. You guys <laughs> jumping up and down. Where are all these pictures from? Uh, a lot of the pictures were taken by Bob Strazic, who um, was, a, you know, Vancouver. He lives in Seattle now, but was Vancouver-based photographer then. And we spent... Um, a couple of days hanging out with him and just, just wandering around Vancouver, along with um, his friend Neil Wedman, who's a Vancouver artist. And I think Neil uh, sort of set up some of those pictures, and, and uh, Bob took them. And I think one of the reasons, you know, that drugstore picture, I think it was because, you know, that, that um, neat uh, stuff that takes hair off your legs. And we really like the song Neat, Neat, Neat. So <laughs> we had a picture of us with several repetitions of neat in between us somewhere in that picture. Um, and then, of course, the Ramones album, you know, that was just a little tribute to uh, to our, our source of inspiration, our initial source of inspiration. That wasn't at an in-store where Ramones were at, was it? Uh, no, although, you know, we did, we went to a lot of in-stores at Quintessence in the old days and, and, and met a few bands then, which was, was really fun. But that, no, that was, ju- I think we were at A&B Sound on Seymour Street for that picture. Who did you meet at Quintessence? Oh, um, gosh, uh, Talking Heads, um, Ramones. Um, did you give them your LP? Sorry, your seven inch, or did you talk uh, shop, or I, were you just there as fans? Sort of. We we were just there being extremely shy. I think we sort of hung out and just looked at them <laughs> for the most part. 
the booklet has all sorts of neat little clippings in it as well. And one says, punks move on after brawl. What was that about? Punks move on after brawl. Any idea um, why that's right here in the booklet? I, I have to look at this. I don't remember now. Uh, Jason? I don't know that one. Punks move on after brawl. This is April 21st. An interesting little tidbit in the new re-released LP. Could you tell the people again what we're doing here today in a Nardware Human Serviette radio show here, Jason? We have a new LP compiling trio era material of the dish rags uh, from 1978 and 1979. It's got five studio songs and the rest are more or less soundboard live recordings. Very clear. 14 of the 20 songs uh, have never been released before. It comes with a great booklet packed with photos, art, and a thorough biography of the group. There's 550 copies. We're going to be celebrating its release next Saturday. That's a week Saturday, the 24th of May, 8 p.m. at the Railway Club in the back room. And you've brought out a whole bunch of recordings for the play. Any idea what that's about there? Yes. Well, I just read it now. So uh, now I do know that it's, uh, the Avengers had played at the Japanese Hall. They were, they were supposed to play there for two nights. And the first night, it says that a bunch of drunks started breaking windows and the cops came in. And so the owners of the hall canceled the gig for the next night, which meant that we ended up playing with the Avengers in uh, a warehouse on uh, Water Street, I think, in Gastown. So, yeah. Right now, we're going to hear some more recordings from the amazing three dish rags release. I kind of wanted to hear Double Checkin' Woman. Can we just put that one in before the covers? So we'll play sure. four songs. I'll just kick that one in if that's possible. Sure. Uh, why do I want to hear Double Checkin' Woman? What is that song? That's an Eddie and the Hot Rods cover, and uh, I don't know why you want to hear it. <laughs> you guys do such an amazing version. I love it. It is pretty great. How many covers are there on the record? There's quite a few, aren't there? Uh, there are quite a few, because we, we played a lot of covers back in the day, but um, I would have to count them. Um, and speaking, Jason, coming up, after we play Double Check and Woman, what are we going to hear? We're going to hear a couple covers of the dish rag. Yeah, right? we're going to hear the Sick Fucks, which is uh, a very early Victoria group with a female singer. It's pre-Daglo abortions. It's basically the Daglos with a woman singer. And we're going to hear two covers. We're going to hear I Don't Love You, which is a dish rag song, and they do a great version. And then we're going to hear a phenomenal cover by a phenomenal Vancouver group, The Wasted Lives. Uh, the song Wirehead. So two cover songs of uh, old BC punk rock uh, as played by the Sick Fucks in 1980. And we're going to hear Tormented probably in there as well, right? Yeah, that's a short track from the first 7-inch that the Dishrags did, a studio song. So here we go. Right now, we're heading all the way back to Double Checking Woman. Any idea when this is from? Like, what, what set the scene? Do you remember this gig for the people listening out there, Jade Blade, from Vancouver's first all-girl punk band, Victoria's first all-girl punk band, Canada's first all-girl punk band, and North America's first all-girl punk band. Punk. Ooh. Punk band. Not noise, <laughs> but punk. This, this is also from The Windmill, so October 23rd, 1978, recorded by Nancy Smith, and I don't remember the gig because we played there a lot. On the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. I'm gonna run up and get on ya. Run up and get on ya. Let's play, 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 too many girls, they 
You're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guests. Jason Flowers, Premeco Records. And Jade Blade Dish Rags. Jade Blade, what did we hear? What are the dish rags and what are you doing? <laughs> well, the dish rags were. The dish rags aren't are anymore. But uh, we were um, a band that may, may not have been the first uh, female punk band in all of North America. We existed from late 76 until 1980, and uh, we were just listening to, well, um, a, a cover of a dishrag song by the Sick Fugs. And um, uh, hang on a second. We ended with Tormented. We ended with Tormented, which was from our first single. And so this is, this is only the second time it's, it has appeared on vinyl on uh, the uh, Supreme Echo release, which is coming out next Saturday. Um, and uh, so we heard tormented just there by the dish rags. By the dish rags. But before that, a bit of confusion. There was some interesting confusion in there, wasn't there, Jason? You could yeah. explain. Well, those were two cover songs performed by the Sick Fucks, which was a group from Victoria from the first wave of the punk scene, because there was no scene in Victoria when the dish rags were there. Uh, it was a female-fronted group. It's a pre-Daglo's group, so they did uh, "I Don't Love You" by the Dish Rags, and also uh, "Wirehead," which was a fabulous, phenomenal song by an amazing group called The Wasted Lives. And I Don't Love You, that cover that the Sick Fucks did, when did they record that? What year would have that been? That was pre-Dayglo abortions. Yeah, that's 1980, very early 1980. And we began with a track that I really enjoyed that you said was an Eddie and the Hot Rods number. Yes, Double Checking Woman. And that is not you on lead vocals, is no, it, Jane? No, that is Dale Powers, their bass player on lead vocals. Maybe we should take some time to acknowledge the other members of the Dish Rags. Who are the other idea. members of the Dish Rags? What would they say about you, and what would you say about them? <laughs> well, we're uh, thankfully all still really good friends, so I think we'd only have nice things to say about one another. But uh, yeah, so Dale Powers, um, our uh, bass player and uh, scout who sometimes had a last name, but most of the time didn't, so I won't use it, but Scout on drums. And, um, and yeah, so Dale, uh, the reason they're not here is Dale lives in Nanaimo, Scout lives on Salt Spring Island, and uh, so I, uh, I'm representing them. And they're coming over next? They're coming over <laughs> next <laughs> Saturday. Saturday, okay. Yeah, so that we will all be around next Saturday for the record store uh, in stores and for the party at the railway at 8 o'clock next Saturday night. When you listen back to all these tapes, is it bringing back any memories? What do you think when you hear all these recordings, like when you hear Tormented there? Do you remember the actual gigs? What do you think of when you're hearing that stuff? Uh, when I hear those songs, I, I think about being in the studio in Seattle because we recorded that um, at Triangle Studios in Seattle. And it, it was it was sort of our first, uh, well, I mean, it was our first single and it was just really exciting being in the studio and it was just, it was just us. You know, the complication we recorded first, but that was just a whole bunch of bands going going through really quickly. So it, uh, it was kind of uh, special and, and really, really fun. We're going to be playing some more Dish Rags track from the three release, The Clash. You got to play with them, and we're going to play you opening for The Clash, covering The Clash? Uh, yes, we, um, 
we decided that if we got an encore at the Commodore, that we would uh, we would come on stage and cover London's Burning, and um, it, it, it's kind of it's a funny funny version of the song, but uh, but yeah, no. So uh, we is that is that what's coming up next? Yeah, it'll be the is last it? of the four songs. We're skipping a bit ahead there. Okay, all right. So so um, but yeah, we played London's Burning, and then we were we were really quite thrilled because then when the Clash came on and played they dedicated london's burning to the dish rags that was a big thrill because you know we, we were huge clash fans when you walked off stage after performing london's burning did they say anything to you they came out when we were playing london's burning and they were dancing on the side of the stage and that was i mean that was an incredible thrill for us to see them out there jumping around while we're playing their song and this is the clash's first north american gig right yes. at the commodore yes. ballroom in 1979 uh yeah that's right january something 1979 well actually it's probably on the LP, isn't it? What the date is, but yeah, January '79, and it was. Uh, they were really excited to to be there because it was their first North American show. How did you get the gig? Um, I I I don't remember honestly. Were they requesting girl bands to play with them on the tour? Oh, thank you, <laughs> prompter. <laughs> yes, they were asking for girl bands to play with them on the tour, and and I guess that's how we got the gig. And you ended up playing with them again after Vancouver. Uh, yeah, we played with them uh, on their next tour in Seattle, and that was, I think, in the fall of 79. Um, we played at the Paramount Theatre with them, and then and then we played with them one other time a, a fair bit later when we were, the three dishrags were singing backups for Corsage, and we played at the Coliseum. Did you talk to them much? Like, they must have remembered you to all those years later invite you to play with them at the Coliseum. How did that all happen? Uh, well, th- we didn't actually get a chance to even talk to them at the Coliseum. They were they were uh, ensconced in their own room down the hall, and and uh, they they sort of decreased in friendliness as the years went on. Because that that first night they were very enthusiastic, and I remember you know a couple of them came out to the the windmill, in fact, and sort of hung out with the local punk scene, and and we had dinner with them before the show, and and they came and danced and blah blah blah. So it was you know it was it was a real sort of love in that first time, but then. The next time uh, when we played in Seattle, they were still nice, came out and shook our hands, but uh, we didn't hang out with them. And then by the time they played the Coliseum, we were, we were completely in isolation. <laughs> How did you get the gig in Seattle? Um, maybe you can prompt me on that one, too. No, I was I curious, remember. was it just the Seattle love that the Dishrags had? You know, people loved right. you in Seattle, that they thought, hey, we'll get you to open. It, it, it's possible, because we did, you know, we hung out in Seattle quite a lot then, and I, I, I think we probably were more popular in Seattle than we were in Vancouver, and we recorded down there, and we had management down there, so. And you bought the Ramones record down there, so <laughs> it all started in Seattle. <laughs> That's right, yes, yeah, so strong Seattle connections. And Bo Diddley was on that gig, too, and he had the Powder Blues as a backup band, like he didn't have the Duchess. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a thrill to meet Bo Diddley, too. And he invited to party with you guys? He he invited us to his ranch in Florida, which uh, we would have taken him up on if we could have afforded airfare, but we couldn't get there. But it was nice of him to invite us. What was it like playing a punk gig at sort of a mainstreamy venue like the Commodore? Were there tough bouncers there? What was that like? Because in a review, it said something like the Commodore had tough bouncers. How were you treated there? What was the Commodore ballroom in Vancouver like back then? Well, our first experience of the Commodore Ballroom was when uh, Dale and I came over. Scout was grounded, I think. Dale and I came over in, in August 77, I guess it was, to see the Ramones at the Commodore. And, um, 
And because we were 15 at the time, we ended up getting thrown down the back stairs by the bouncers. So that was our first experience with the Commodore and bouncers. So so uh, we weren't terribly fond of them, but uh, I, I don't blame them. I mean, we were rather underage. But uh, when we played with the Clash, it was actually okay because I think, uh, uh, you know, I don't remember the bouncers in particular, but the, the crowd was there to see the Clash. So it was, a, it was a much nicer audience. Did they let you stay backstage or did they kick you out as soon as you finished playing? Uh, we we were in the audience. We weren't technically supposed to be because we were underage, but uh, w- but we did go out into the audience to to see the Clash perform. Did the people at the Commodore Ballroom realize about this punk explosion that was going on? Because you were saying you played at UBC right here at CITR's next door neighbor, the Sub Ballroom. A lot of gigs happened here and didn't happen at the Commodore. What was the Commodore like for punk back then? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the Commodore, it, it was sort of the, the biggest venue that you could put a punk band in in those days. I mean, it, you know, it felt enormous because we were used to playing places like uh, the windmill across the street, which is tiny. Uh, and the, the sub ballroom, sub ballroom, I think, was sort of a, a, a better venue in some ways in that it was a, it was a better size. The, the Commodore could feel quite empty if it was uh, not, you know, a major draw like the Clash. How full was Ramon's gig? It was really full. I mean, that was in 1980, so it was it was totally packed. But because by then, you know, punk had sort of caught on a little bit more, I think. And how about the first gig for the Ramones in Vancouver at the Commodore? Because you said you came over for oh, that. Oh, there was hardly anyone at that show. I think there were. Well, I, you know, everyone has different memories of that, and I've compared with with other people. But I seem to recall there being maybe a hundred people kind of clustered around the front of the stage. And then eventually you got to play with the Ramones at yes. UBC and in Seattle? Well, we played with them at UBC in the sub ballroom. And, uh, and then we opened for them in Seattle, but uh, they didn't end up playing. So we closed for them, too. So we were the openers and the headliners that night, which Did was fun for us, maybe not for the rest of the audience. <laughs> so you went on, then stopped playing, and then they asked you to go on again? No, no, we, we we went on and played, and then when we came off, uh, we uh, they, the audience was told that the Ramones weren't going to come on. So I think we might have done one more song. Did you do any Ramones covers that night? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I think by that time we were doing all originals. For the Clash, you said when they came to town, they partied with local bands and went out to gigs. What did they go see? Uh, and you went to dinner with them. Where was yeah. that? Well, we actually had, they had a dinner put on at the Commodore backstage, which was kind of fun and unusual, I think. I don't know if that happens very often, but uh, uh, the the windmill, it was the night before. So, you know, I mean, that would be a good poster to look up. I really can't remember who was playing that night. I know Rabid, we maybe? The band Rabid? It could have been Rabid. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I I don't know. Because there's this oft-repeated story that could be totally wrong that I heard that when the clash came to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the local punks were scared who the first punks the clash would see. And they didn't want the clash to see the pointed sticks because the pointed sticks were too poppy. They wanted them to see rabid. So I was just curious if they made it to that rabid gig. That's hilarious. Well, maybe it was rabid. I mean, it was the windmill. It could have been. And The Clash were on a major label, and you ended up on a major label, The Dish Rags, yes, on yeah. RCA. Yeah, yeah, no, that was pretty awesome. You know, we'd, <clears throat> we'd always wanted to be on RCA because we were big fans of those 70s vinyl LPs by Iggy and David Bowie, and, and so we thought, well, you know, yeah, that, that, that's what we're going for, RCA England. And the 45, the RCA 45, did it attract any attention from the major labels? Uh, 
sorry. Did any of the major labels think you were on a major label or did you get any major <laughs> label offers? Well, apparently, see, one thing about that RCA single is that we broke up shortly after. In fact, I think we might have even broken up shortly before it came out. But uh, so the major labels kind of, you know, they, they gave up on us at that point. And we're speaking here to the Dish Rags, Jade Blade, and Jason Flower from Supreme Echo Records, who have just released. Tell them again. Tell the people out there what you've the just Dish released Rags here. Three. It's a compilation of trio era recordings by the Dish Rags from 1978 and 1979. You can check it out on vinyl. Coming up, it's officially released now, and people can get information on the Facebook page, right? Supreme yeah, you Echo. can order it online right now, but uh, it'll be hitting the, physically hitting the stores in Victoria and Vancouver next Saturday, May 24th. And people listening right now to the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show and listening to me and you and Jason talk about the dish rags, they can see you on the internet. Like, you're on the internet out there. What clips of you are out there on the internet for people to check out if they want, like on YouTube? Because you are in that movie, Out of the Blue, at least you're mentioned. What movies are you in? Not necessarily playing, but you're mentioned in a few movies, aren't you? Uh... Oh, boy. Well, yeah, out of the blue, um, I was an extra in The Stains, Fabulous Stains, but that's not a mention of the Dish Rags, although I, I think I got that gig because it was about, like, all-girl bands. But, um, and uh, let me see, what else? Well, um, out of the blue, they actually say, let's go see the Dish Rags, or does the Dish Rags poster up in the background, isn't yes, there? Yes, yes, that's right, yeah. In, uh, C- what was the name of the kid? Uh, Dennis Hopper's daughter in, in, in her room. Uh, and she actually goes on stage with the pointed sticks. So we opened, uh, we opened <laughs> as usual, for the pointed sticks at, at uh, that show, which was featured in the film. But I think, I think for the pointed sticks, I, I think if you see the film, I think you see us in the background and they've got the Pointed Sticks soundtrack over top of us playing and Bill was playing bass with a paper bag on his head because Dale had to leave early. So I don't, I don't know if that is still in the film, but it was in an early version of it. But, but the, the Sticks, you, you see her playing uh, with Dimwit on, on drums. Is there any other video out there that hasn't been unearthed that you're hoping to find? Is there, there's quite a bit of Dish Rags videos. There's some cool stuff yeah, out there. There's a fair bit of Dish Rags video out there. There's um, uh, the Bloody But Unbowed documentary has that footage from Gary Taylor's rock room. I think that's the one you were referring to with the nasty language. And um, and then there's some, there's uh, we toured Japan in 2010 and there's some live stuff from uh, Osaka that... Um, is okay. Uh, I, there's a lot of stuff out there I probably wouldn't recommend. <laughs> we we had you know our our rock video too for Past Is Past. That was uh, very early in the it's days great. of making <laughs> making staged rock videos. And it's aren't, really aren't you in uh, Eyes of a Stranger and by the oh, Paolas too? I forgot about that. Yeah, I I was like, right. wait a second, I recognize that woman. Yes. Uh oh. We are live here on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show with Jade Blade and Jason from Supreme Echo talking about the brand new Dish Rags release 3. You made it down to San Francisco and in the booklet for your brand new LP, it has like where the gig happened and everything. And you're playing with the bags and Catholic discipline with Frank. Did that actually occur? I think so. I, Any know. memories of playing San Francisco <laughs> with the bags and Catholic discipline? That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I do remember playing the shows, but that for those gigs, I was really sick. Like, I had a really bad cold, and so I was sort of on, on uh, cold medicine. And so my memories of San Francisco are really kind of odd. 
Though who hasn't experienced Catholic discipline over the years? You played with the Avengers in Seattle too? Uh, yeah, we did. We played with them, yeah, a few times. They, they were a fantastic band. I love those guys. And it says in one of the press releases, quote, co-wrote songs with Avengers members. Does that mean Brad Kent? Brad Kent? <laughs> yes, yeah. And, but although he wasn't an Avengers time at the time, uh, uh, Avengers member at the time that we wrote that. But, uh, but yeah, no, so uh, we, I mean, we knew Brad pretty well from DOA as well. So. What do you remember about playing with the Avengers? What were they like compared to the Dish Rags? Oh well, they they uh, they were great. I I absolutely love Penelope's performances. She really uh, connected strongly, I think, with the audience. And uh, and yeah, no, they uh, and and they had really really strong songs. I mean, those guys they should have been huge. I think. I think they are now. What was the reaction when you played with the? Avengers. The Avengers. Um, uh, well, as I recall, it was it was good. I don't remember anything. Uh, and the Avengers went over well too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You also played with the Accident. Do you remember the Accident at all? What Seattle bands do you remember? Did you ever do anything with the Fastbacks? I I think they were later, weren't they? I don't know because you know I mean we we broke up in 1980. Um, but um, do you I, remember any of the other Seattle bands like the Enemy? Oh yeah, I remember playing with the Enemy. <laughs> you know, it's not nice to say things that aren't nice, but I wasn't a big fan of The Enemy. You played with the Avengers at the Janus Theatre on 4th Avenue in Vancouver. What was that, the Janus Theatre on 4th? The Janus Theatre, I think it was somewhere around where, um, oh, what was that restaurant? The Nom? I think it was on the other side of the street, on the north side of the street. Um, Not that far from McDonald, but it was a hall, and... uh, I don't know. I mean, it was it was like a um, a hall, kind of like the um, um, oh, where else did we play that was similar? It was you know, it was it was just a, a like Japanese hall, or maybe a little bit smaller than that. You seem to have made quite an interesting impression and long-lasting impression to YouTube commenters. This one guy, John, on YouTube said, This band, the Dishrags, is one of my favorite bands. They would open for the Ramones and The Clash. Once I saw Jade Blade at a pawn shop in Seattle. She was checking out a guitar. I stood there in shock. I was probably 16 to 17 and too shy to say anything. It was really cool. Wow. Do you remember going to a guitar shop in Seattle at all? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I think we bought all our, our gear down there because it was cheaper in Seattle at that time. Were there other girl bands in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? There's mention of the devices. The day record? Who were the devices? What were the other girl bands in Vancouver? Well, the devices were who we stole Kim and Sue from, who were, became, you know, after Dale quit the band, uh, uh, Sue, and, Sue McGilvery and, and Kim Hendrickson joined and the devices i don't know they'd been around for maybe not that long i think maybe six months before uh before sue and kim joined us and i you know i remember enjoying their their shows but um no recorded legacy i don't think so although you know sue sue might have some stuff and yeah. it was the zealots too another band mm-hmm. yeah yeah the zealots and yeah another zealots another did band. record yeah they did yeah we're working on doing a seven inch of their their three long lost studio recordings and what about the Blackheads? Was there a band called the Blackheads? I don't remember the Blackheads. Because this is what I want to ask you about. Alice, hello Alice, if you're listening. Thank you, Alice. Alice found this right here, which I'm grabbing out. 
photo album, and her friend fo- found this photo album, and she gave it to me. And thank you, Alice, so much. And I've been looking through all the photos here, and it is actually a vintage punk rock Vancouver photo album. And I was wondering if I could pass it on to you. Know, right now, if you could just quickly flip through it and see who you recognize from it. It actually belonged to, rest in peace, Dawn Deranged. Do you remember Dawn Deranged at all? And I think she might have played in a band called The Black Heads. And her picture oh, okay. is in here. And there are some pictures of the dish rags here, at least one picture oh, really? of the dish rags. So I'm just handing this to Jade Blade. <laughs> and as, as I'm handing this to Jade Blade, Jason, tell us who Jade Blade is just one last Jade time. Jade Blade is the, one of the singers and the guitarist for The Dish Rags, which is arguably the first all-women punk group in North America. Started in Victoria, moved to Vancouver. And here we have this scrapbook that was found by Alice and given to me in... What do you see in there? Holy smokes. Yeah, no, I, I see a lot of people I recognize here. Maybe there's, you could just run off. Well, that's, is that Sid? Sid Sick? From the, it is Sid Sick. And, um, oh gosh, what was her name? But I, whoops, <laughs> I, I do, I remember Dawn now. I didn't know that her last name was deranged. And Dawn Christensen was her original uh, name. Okay, all right. And so what are we looking at right here? This is an old punk rock scrapbook. Wow, this is amazing. These are, yeah, this is a... Real, real treasure well. trove. Oops, holy zealots, look at that zealots poster. What do you oh, What do you see there? Before seen. Uh, well, I'm seeing a lot of people that I haven't seen for a long time, and you know, I have a really bad memory for names, so I recognize all these people. But I, oh, and there's Simon Wild, and that is um, God. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry, my it, my my memory for names is really really bad. But it's really oh, is this Dawn? Do you, do you know? Yes, I do. Dawn Durant. Yes, that, that is her. Okay. All right. Yes. No, I do remember her. And, you know, these are great photographs we're looking at here because they all have that lovely sort of late 70s and, kind of amber And this scrapbook of Dawn's was found too. in the Wilderness Thrift Shop on Granville Street. Are you serious? By Alice's friend. And wow. he, he held on to it for five years, passed it on to Alice. She held it for a whole bunch of time, or maybe she held it for five years. And now it's mine. And trying to spread the love of Alice. And thank you, Alice, again, for passing on this scrapbook here. What do we have in this scrapbook? Any other little stuff you're seeing there? Some uh, Vancouver punk rock memories? Uh, yeah, well, there's Zippy Pinhead. And uh, yeah, no, there are lots of really recognizable people here. Simon's not face, right? I do believe. Oh, yeah, and that's Dawn, too. Wasn't this like from a Vancouver magazine photo shoot? I think. Most likely. And that's what I was wondering. Cause I was wondering if she's, because she's pictured playing bass in a band. And right there, what we have is that's Ray Winstone. From oh, yeah. the professionals, yeah. from the ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains shoot. And I guess Dawn went to the shoot like many people did. Yeah. What do you remember about the shoot for ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains? Um, well, I remember I was really happy because I was getting paid. To <laughs> and, you know, films paid fairly well. And I remember we got, oh, they had big stacks of albums they were giving away, too. So uh, I remember getting a few, a few free LPs and... Um, and uh, but being really really bored most of the time because as an extra you spend all your time just kind of sitting around. Yeah, there she is. And that's what I thought. Maybe the band was called the Blackheads. There's Don Deranged. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't remember seeing them play honestly, but I I must have. Oh, and yeah, that's Justine. And in case anybody is wondering, we are showing a picture album on the radio. A photo album. <laughs> you you really ought to show this in a televised interview, Nardwar. <laughs> this is a 
This is quite amazing. Oh, and there's a, a wimpy. And we're coming up here because I think there's a dish rags pick coming up somewhere in here. Am I am I doing this too slowly? No, no. Please go through it. We're just curious. Oh, and there's Sid again. The rabid. Uh -huh. you, you've got to you got to dig up some rabid recordings. Who are the rabid? In case people are wondering, um, the the rabid were an early Vancouver punk band that were really great. They were very uh, enthusiastic, put on great shows, but unfortunately never did record, as far as we know. But uh, maybe there's some live recordings out there somewhere. And with um, uh, Sid Sick, uh, Zippy Pinhead, Simon Wilde, and John Doe. Jade Blade of the Dishrags with a new release out looking at an old scrapbook here provided by Dawn Deranged, rest in peace, Dawn, and provided by Alice. And here we go. This is some dishragging going on here, isn't there? Uh, yeah, that, is that Dale? And we have Jade uh, Blade looking at a picture in the scrapbook. Zippy. What are you seeing there? Um. That's not you playing guitar. That's not a dish rag playing guitar, is it? <laughs> that might be Dale. You know, it's funny. Oh, and there's Brad Kent, of course. Is that Nick on drums there? Yes, that it is. Be, yeah. The Rude Norton playing. Rude Norton. So, um, but, you know, I should show this today. I think that's Dale. I, but I don't remember. I don't remember those. I'm not sure if the names are. I don't think there's any name on the back. So oh. I Sue, think dish rags. What? Oh, maybe that. She's playing bass, though. Or no, maybe she's not. Sorry. Yeah, that might be Sue. That might be Sue. Let's have a look at this one. Jade Blade <laughs> off Sorry, the dish no, rags no. looking at photos. Can I take this one out? Yes, go ahead. What do we see there? What's written on the okay. back of that? No, it's not Dale. Someone else. Looked like Dale, though. Yeah, it does look like Dale. Um, something just fell out here. Jason, what attracted you to like Victoria music? Because it's interesting. We're discovering Vancouver stuff, mm -hmm. but it's really Victoria that got this all started. What attracted me? Well, for me, hearing sounds from the past are like creating a soundtrack to the city that I live in. And uh, other parts of North America have done very well at creating legend out of cities. And, and you have a Motown, Detroit kind of sound and a New York City kind of sound. Well, you also have a Victoria sound and a Vancouver sound. I'm not much of a lover of Victoria, but I do think that it is a, uh, a uh, place with a lot of talent and creativity. Jade, anything else you want to say more about the scrapbook? Uh, about the scrapbook, yeah. Um, you can't a determine if it's your bandmate or not. <laughs> That's pretty bad, isn't it? No, I... I, I it is Sue, I, oops, according to the write-up, right? I think that is Sue. And who was right Sue, for the people that are wondering? The uh, lineup changed. We have three. Let's release three by the dish rags. Yes, and there is going to be a release four, also on Supreme Echo, that is going to uh, come out hopefully next year, maybe 2015. And uh, Sue McGillivray was uh, the guitar player for the dish rags, and, uh, and Kim Hendrickson on bass and I'm yeah I'm pretty sure this is Sue now that I look at it now that I've looked at the back <laughs> to see that she's been identified here and she was in the devices was death in the family a devices song uh no that was a dish rag song and that was a that was a song about the the breakup of of the three piece and our transition into the four piece so the death in the family the family that was being referred to was the dish rags and pointed sticks covered death in the family did they? I, I heard it. They that. did. They covered Death in the Family. Wow. Well, I'll have to ask about that. 
The other Vancouver bands that haven't really been mentioned that much, the Stiffs. What can you say about the Stiffs? Well, the Stiffs were awesome, too. I mean, that was sort of the pre-Rabid band, as I recall. It was with, also with Sid and this, those same guys, wasn't it, with John Doe? Or do you, do you guys remember? Yeah. Um, in fact, what, what was the I difference I think Jerry Hanna was in the Stiffs, and oh, then they did Jerry the original Hanna. version okay. of Fuck You. Right, oh, okay, yeah. Right. One, of, one of the great songs of the Vancouver punk scene, i got to say. And speaking of nudity and stuff, the Pointed Sticks video, I'm Numb. Do you know the video, I'm Numb, by the yeah. Pointed Sticks? At the very end, there's some nudity. Is there? Yes, I remember and that. it's on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you type in the Pointed Sticks, I'm Numb, at the very end, there's a dick. There's a, And you're not allowed to have nudity what? on YouTube, but it's... <laughs> The censors didn't notice it. There's actually a dick that pops up at the very, very end. The last millisecond, there's an actual dick that pops out. So just thought I'd pass it on there. Thank you. <laughs> and when did you meet Bill from the Point of Sticks? Because you were married to Bill from the Point of Sticks. When did you guys meet? When did he see the dish rags first? Uh, we met, um, well, actually, the um, oh boy, this was in Victoria at the Dominion Hall. He was playing in AV at the time. So I met Bill before the Pointed Stick. So he was playing in Tim Ray and AV. And um, it was a gig we did with uh, Dish Rags opening and then AV and then DOA. How about the Cribs? Any feedback from the Cribs covering death in the family at all? Well, I, I really like it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if, if they've got any feedback on it or not, but I think they did a great job of it. And, uh, yeah. and it was cool to see you sing with the Cribs That was, at that the was venue. fun. That was really cool. Yeah, I love that. And, and I've become a big Cribs fan. So. We want to jam in as much as we can right now here. What are we going to hear right now, Jason? We're That's gonna, your decision. We're going to hear a bunch sure of... what you want me to play now. We're going to... stuff I want to play. We're going to jam in as much as we can. Why don't we play a bit of Dish Rags, and then we'll come back and we'll end with a couple little tracks that you want to play. All right. How about we play two Dish Rags? Why don't we do... Why don't you... Right into the mic. All right. We're going we're gonna to do 13 and 14 on the IDs. So that's going to be I Don't Love You, followed by London's Burning. Which was played opening for The Clash. Yes. Any background on I Don't Love You right here? Co-written by Brad Kent? Brad Kent? (laughs) Yes. uh, Yeah, Brad, uh, well, Brad and I wrote that together in the fall of 78. And and then I think we might have first performed it at at the Clash show, maybe. And in London's Burning. And London's Burning, yeah, that was our encore uh, when we played with The Clash. And we were so glad we got an encore because it meant we could come back on and play Clash. And you will hear the encore live. It's great to be able to hear this historic moment. Thank you, Jason, for finding... Thank you, Nancy Smith, for finding these tapes, right? Absolutely. Bravo, Nancy. So here we go with the dish... Rags.
Vancouver's burning. How about let's hear it one more time for your very own dish rags. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Who was that, Jade? Uh, the Clash brought a DJ with them, and he was spinning tunes in between the sets. And uh, yeah, so that was him. So I he, can't remember his name. That's cool that he did like that little announcement yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. And we're still on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show with Jay Blade of the Dish Rags and Jason Flower from Supreme Echo Records. And what have we been hearing? What did we just hear? We heard some Dish Rags. Yeah, we've mostly heard the dish rags. We've also heard some covers of the dish rags, but we've been showcasing the new LP, which we're celebrating the release of. It's called Three. It's their very first full-length 12-inch vinyl record. It's all trio material, and we're going to be celebrating it next week, Saturday, May 24th. We're going to be doing four in-stores at Neptune, Dandelion, Zulu, and Music Madhouse, and then in the evening at 8 p.m. at the Railway Club in the back room. That's May 24th, and it's free, so come on down. And this is three, and there might be an album four, because after three became four, you broke up, then you got back together, and now are you gone? There might be some more dish ragging, maybe? I, I really doubt it. It's, uh, it's difficult when we live in three different cities to actually get together. I know Jason really wanted us to play they for this release. Broke my and, heart. Uh, 
Yeah, we had to say no because uh, because for us, you know, it involves lots of ferries and car rides, and we're all busy people. So, but if you're in Japan and listening to this, uh, yeah, if you invite us back to Japan, we'll get together. <laughs> Jason is a real trooper with tracking down stuff, isn't he? Uh, he is. Yeah, he was very persistent. <laughs> and Jason, and what has Jason also released? Do you know all the other bands that he's released? Well, uh, I think Jason could probably tell you a lot about that. But yeah, no, I, I, I am a Mexican Power Authority fan. I saw them live at Richards, and uh, yeah, they were awesome. So, um, but he's released a bunch of stuff. So, and you have some stuff you'd like to play before we leave the Nardwuerta Human yeah. Serviette Radio Show here today, Jason. So we are going to be hearing uh, uh, just a short Mexican Power Authority song uh, called "Cash Grab Police." But before that, we might try to squeeze in three actually different songs not three as in the title but we're going to begin with cash grab we're going to begin with cash grab okay and then we're going to go into twitch i want to say or did you want to begin with i want to begin with twitch okay this is from vancouver this is 1974 nobody's ever heard this before this is the pacific northwest premier proto-punk group if you don't believe me listen to it for yourself 1974 Twitch from the upcoming LP on Supreme Echo called Dark Years. And after that, we're going to hear, we're hopeful, we're going to jam it as much as we can, but we're going to hear Cash Grab by Mexican Power Authority and hopefully finish things off with Triton Warrior with the song Satan's Train. It's also an upcoming Supreme Echo release, which will be out at the end of July. And just quickly, the songs we didn't get to, as we can about the songs we didn't get to here, like the Neos and As Sheriff. As Sheriff, it's a psychedelic group from Victoria from 1970. There was lots of stuff. Next time. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Jason or Jade? Why should people care about the dish rags? Why should people care? Because it's a, a seminal punk rock group in North America. It's uh, probably the first all-women punk rock group in North America. It's uh, part of popular culture. I hope I haven't tired you out too much because at the beginning of this interview you were like, the first punk rock band in North America. And I was like, probably. <laughs> and we didn't change our minds, did you? No, I think it is. I really think it is. And if it wasn't, it, then it would be another one. But I, I think they were the first. We got to write the West Coast book. That's right. <laughs> and stay tuned for four. And more information again on Supreme Echo. Just Google Supreme Echo Facebook page. Supreme yeah. Echo. And all the information is all there. That's right. Well, thanks so much, Jade and Jason. Keep on rocking in the free world. Here comes some Twitch, right? That's right. From 1974. Vaseline. That's right. On the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Doot, doot, a loot, doot. Do the driving show. 
Why they're so uptight? 